You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the idea of punishment and you know what it means to be too tough on your players and the conversation around this. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 57 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How are you guys doing out there today? Uh, Excited for another episode, another week to be with you guys. Um, You know, last week we talked about uh, you know how to how to motivate your players, how to get the desire for them to compete. And today is going to be an episode that a little bit that ties in a little bit with um, with last week. Uh, But before we get into the episode, I do want to welcome all my listeners. Uh, If you're a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are a uh, a regular listener, you know, welcome again. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and um, I, I appreciate the reviews that I keep getting uh, on on all the on all the channels, whether it's uh, Apple or other areas that you guys are getting reviews on the podcast. Uh, I'm, I appreciate them all. Actually, um, I've been doing this show for a, a just just about over a year now, and I, I'm I'm so happy, and I'm actually what's the word? I'm I'm honored and privileged that um, I get such great feedback from our listeners. Um, but for the first time, I actually got a negative feedback. I, someone gave us a, a one star. So it was, is, you know, it's nice to get both sides of it. I, I have, I'm happy that, you know, I guess I can't make everybody happy, which, you know, it's, it's, it's life. You can't make everybody happy in life. And I got my first, so I got my first uh, negative review. So I hope that I can, you know, try to get, get that feedback and make the show better and stuff like that. Uh, however, the, the review, was was probably not as accurate as I'd like it to be. I think they uh, they mentioned that um, I may not have been the right person to talk about teaching styles and learning styles, but I I, I technically am a licensed teacher and it's what I studied. So uh, in that area, I, I do I do have uh, the background to talk about it, and it's one of my favorite topics to talk about actually when it comes to uh, different multiple different learning styles for uh, for students and players and how to cater to that and all that stuff. But anyways, but that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Um, I, you know, no one's perfect, uh, and I appreciate everyone with their feedback, and I want to continue to make this show great, and I want to continue to, you know, talk about topics that you're interested in, talk about things that can help coaches around the world so that we can grow this game, we can help our athletes, and really, really just uh, change the lives of our athletes, because that's what, that's what we're in the business doing. And today, we are going to talk about another interesting topic. So uh, this topic, I read it in a, in a coach's Facebook group actually, and the the conversation was around um, the notion that there's a lot of coaches who, uh, unfortunately, they they I don't want to say they take it out on their players, but they are very aggressive. Um, uh, some coaches will describe it as very toxic behavior uh, that you know they're demanding so much from their athletes and they push them and they push them and um, it ends up being overly aggressive. And in the mind of the coach. Uh, their answer normally is, well, you know, I see the potential that this athlete has and I want to make sure they, I get it out of them, you know, and sometimes that could be great. And sometimes it could, it could kind of go the other way where, you know, it may, 
demotivate an athlete from pursuing the sport it may have actually it may have them not liking the sport anymore so you there is there's is a fine line between toxic behavior and motivation i, I want to talk about that a little bit um one thing i want to do mention before i get into this is i i have no degree in psychology i have no specialized training when it comes to mental skills training or anything like that this is me and my 15 years of coaching competitive volleyball speaking here actually just under 15 years of coaching competitive volleyball and what i've done and based on the relationships that i have with athletes and what i've what i have with coaches and and the thing about my job is i work with a lot of coaches i i'm in i work with hundreds of coaches all around the world every single year in addition to working closely with coaches in my own region in addition to obviously being a college coach and doing things we have in our gym so i have a lot of experience with this type of topic when it comes to um environment and it will and what what, what does it mean by pushing your players too far and what's the limit and, and how do we kind of gauge this so i'm speaking strictly strictly from my experience okay so don't get mad at me if this goes against some kind of published uh you know, a piece of literature that maybe I haven't read, but this is just my experience. So one of the things that uh, I think are is important to understand is that, you know, I'm going to give you some things that I live by. These are some of the rules that I live by. And one is encourage, don't criticize. Okay. Encourage, don't criticize. I, I want you, you guys to write this down because honestly, if you have this in the back of your head, when it comes to giving feedback and when it comes to handling your emotions, it, it, it will help you. Encourage, don't criticize. The other thing that I also want you to remember, and I tell myself this as well, is players are not trying to play bad on purpose. Players don't go out there and try to lose. That's a lot. Last time I checked, no one tries to do that. Yes, it'll happen. The players may perform poorly but they're not trying to play bad on purpose and if they are they, they well they shouldn't be out there for sure uh, they shouldn't even be on your team but you know these are things that we have to understand and i understand that you know with with the game there's so much emotions that go through this you want to win right and you see something that, you, that they shouldn't have done and, and the emotions get above you and you get mad and angry you may yell and things like that and i understand that we're, we're humans right it is what it is but i want us to uh, understand that you know, when we have this encourage, don't criticize mentality and, and coaches, we don't have the luxury of letting our emotions or rather we don't have the luxury of having our players suffer because of our emotions. That's something that we have to work on as coaches, because at the end of the day, we are, we're the leaders on the team, right? We, we're the, the ones that they go to, we're the mentors, we're all that stuff. And we have to, we have to understand that that's an, that's a pretty big responsibility, and we have to keep our emotions in check for the most part. Now, obviously, we can let our emotions, you know, we can show our passion through our emotions, absolutely. And we can hopefully encourage our players that way. But you got to be very careful. So I want to talk about a couple of things here. Sorry, I've been, I've been kind of babbling a bit about this, going into all, all these different places with this topic. But the ideal of, um, one of the topics that came up was the ideal of suicides. Uh, I shouldn't say suicides, lines. I, I apologize. Suicides is uh, what we used to call running lines. You know, when you go from the baseline to baseline and you run, you touch the line, you come back. Right? In my day, they were called suicides. I think now uh, we want to avoid that word and we go to lines. So they run lines. And then there's always this debate, you know, whether that is effective or not. Now, in basketball, you know, because of conditioning, running lines is effective because, and, and depending on how you're doing it, but it's normally effective because they need to be conditioned to run up and down the court, understandably so. But in volleyball, 
is suicides or lines rather i i keep saying suicides because that's what i've grown up uh using the word as so if i slip it i apologize but but you know what i'm talking about you know is is there a place in our game for running lines does it make sense to run lines um and when when it comes to this ideal of punishment is running lines the way to go and i want you to think about your practice how many of you out there actually do this as a punishment when you say, hey, on the line, and they go, and how many of you don't? So here's my take on this, okay? At the beginning, I used to have my players, this is back when I was in my early 20s, I used to have players run all the time on the line, all the time. They make a mistake, you're running. You do this, you're running, you're running, you're running, you're running. And I found that, was it effective? Not quite. Running for the sake of every time they make a mistake wasn't, it 100% was not effective, okay? So let me just say that. But running is effective when we're trying to refocus. So sometimes in practice, if I notice that our team is not, you know, is not focused, you know, the, the drill's been going on for a little bit too long and maybe I'm in the middle of either either I need, I need to switch the drill or I need them to refocus so we can get, get through the reps that we need to or whatever the case is. I may give it, I'll give them a warning, like, all right, guys, you know, we need to refocus, may, let, let, stop the drill for a bit, you know, say my one-two piece, and then continue, and if they continue to not being refocused, then I'll say, okay, on the line, you guys owe me two, and here's the thing, uh, my vertical jump background knows that long-distance running decreases your vertical, right, because it trains the slow-twitch fibers, not the fast-twitch fibers, running long-distance, but running a short distance is okay, so when I say you owe me two, those are just two quick suicides or lines rather when the end of the baseline to the net. So they go end of the baseline, halfway end of the baseline to the net and then back. And that's one. And they do that twice. That's it. Just twice. We're not doing it. We're not doing lines for an hour. We're doing it just twice. So what that does is, yes, it is a form of punishment. It can be, it can be interpreted that way. Sure. But more so than, more so than punishment, it refocuses the players so that they can, they got their run. They got, they, you know, they they got a little adrenaline out of their system here. Now they can refocus and get the task done. And it's just a little trigger. It's a little trigger to get them refocused. That's all it is. So the players don't necessarily. Yes, it's somewhat of a punishment, but it's not a harsh punishment. You know, the the way the wrong, the what I've seen that coaches done poorly, unfortunately, is when the players are running for twenty minutes or fifteen minutes straight. Like that, unfortunately. There's nothing that's going to benefit you from doing that. You're not refocusing them. You're tiring them out, and you're and you're you're training the wrong muscle fibers, anyways. So you're you're actually hurting your players by doing that instead of helping them. Now, here's another thing. So this ideal of punishment, okay? I I I don't want to say that punishment is necessary to an extent. You know, the way I look at it is, you know, my, my parents punished me when I was a kid growing up. Of course they did because. You know, if I did something that I wasn't supposed to do, you could get punished. If, but that, but here's the thing though. If I did something that I wasn't supposed to do, that was a punishment. Not if I'm trying to do something and I'm not doing it to the level where the coach wants me to do it or my parents want me to do it, then I, I wouldn't get punished. Okay, so there's a big difference. If you're punishing your players for a skill development phase that they're not at that level yet, then that, that's that's not going to do anything. That's not going to serve any purpose. Punishment has to be when they violate something, when they do something wrong, not when they're getting better, not when they're trying to be better, not when they're training. They're a huge difference. So again, like I, like I said, with the lines, it's a refocusing tool. Okay, that's what we do. 
the, it's not really a form of punishment. It's a form of refocusing. Okay. The second thing is that when we, when we, when it comes to punishing players, we punish them for violations, breaking the rules, doing things like that, not because they're not getting better. Or they may be taking too long to do something too. Like, I don't know, some of the things I think about is, you know, coaches say, okay, I need three perfect passes in a row over on the line. See, now that to me is, well, what about the server? What if the server had a fantastic serve and the players didn't pass it and you didn't get your three perfect passes that you punished the passers? Or do you honor the serve? Do you recognize the, the great serve that happened? You know, see, see that that's not where I would I would say punishment. That, that they're not violating they're trying so we got to do a better job of figuring out ways to motivate and isolate and provide feedback and here's this is where the feedback comes in in order to get better now there is an element of this that i want to address where you know pushing your players how far is too far when it comes to pushing your players so i want to tell you a story when i was um when i was training you know, i was in the gym training quite a bit um, our, our strength training coach, Jimo, actually, um, I, I had him do some sessions with me and Jimo is one of the best strength training coaches that I've ever been around. And I've been around a lot. He's one of them. There's a few others um, that I know of, and he's one of them. And what he's really good at and what he has done every single year with our team is push our players past uh, this mental stage where they didn't know they could go to. So a lot of times in sport, you know, you, you hit this max where you think this is your maximum capacity to perform at a certain level, or this is your maximum mental state that you can reach. And once you've reached that, you're done because no one's, no one's pushed you further than that. No one's ever tried to, you know, see what really your limit is, except what you've done. And the interesting thing is that everybody has a stage where they can go past Everyone right now, right now where you are right now, whatever your position is, there is a mental area that you can go past and become better. And this is something that I never realized until I actually went through it myself. So Gmo would do a simple thing like, you know, I had, um, I was doing dumbbells and I was doing curls or whatever. I can't remember what it was, but something with dumbbells. And I was physically exhausted on a certain rep. I, I can't remember if it was my seventh rep or sixth or what I was, I, I was so exhausted. I was done. And contrary to vertical jump philosophy, we're, we're talking mental here because um, vertical, vertical jump philosophy will say you stop as soon as you exhaust your muscles. But Gmo saw that I could get two or three more reps out of it, right? He knew that mentally he could push me to get two or three. And, I, and I, my body was telling him no, that I couldn't. And he managed to push me to get two or three more reps in for that particular exercise. And then I was done. And then he had a conversation with me afterwards about the same thing I'm having with you. He's like, you're, you've never pushed yourself past what your brain is telling you it's too much. You've never pushed yourself. And I'm not saying push yourself too far back where you have to get hospitalized. It's just you need to get past that threshold just to enter that other realm that you can get to. And I did it. And he did it. And it was great. And, I, and ever since then, um, I, I knew what more I could do. You know, It wasn't like I hit my, my, my max, my my pl I plateaued at that point. I couldn't go past. I knew that I could hit another level that I didn't know existed before because he got me to that. So as coaches, we can do that to our players. Absolutely. But 
you have to figure out and understand when you're pulling them or pushing them rather too far where their body is going to give out and it's going to become unhealthy. It's going to become unsafe. That's the gray area. That's where we have to figure out what it is. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because when it comes to pushing players too hard, I've been doing this for a long time. I know when it's unsafe. I know when a player is done. You can, you know when a player is done, but you also know when a player has the ability to do a couple more or push it just a little bit more to a level where they're going to see great things. They're going to see that, that growth. And as a coach, it's understand, it's important to understand the difference, right? When you've pushed a player too far versus when you have it. Now, I don't have a map. I don't have a step-by-step guide on how to do this. I just know that as with experienced coaches, as we coach more, as we see what our players are capable of doing, you can then assess and figure out how far you can push them. Now, again, we don't want to push them to an unsafe place. We want to push them just enough where they can hit that next level that they didn't know they can hit yet. Now, part of this though, and this is where the, the toxic environment comes in where players or coaches may get you know in trouble, is you can't, you have to provide a safe environment. And two, you have to have a relationship with the players. You can't do this to someone you don't have a relationship with. And if you've listened to my previous episodes, you'll know, I wholeheartedly believe that having relationship with your players is, is, is a must. You can't, and what I mean relationship, I mean like during your one-on-ones, you're getting to know them, you know, their birthday, their likes, their dislikes, their weaknesses, their strength. You're getting to know them on a, on a really close level. And when you do that, and you build that connection with the player, you you then have the you because you have that relationship, you are now allowed to be able to coach them even more, right? To push them even more because they trust you. Once players trust you, right, the level of growth that can happen is far more than if they didn't trust you or you didn't have that relationship. So having the relationship with the player and being able to be honest and open is important because then there'll never be a question on whether you're too tough on your players because your players will tell you and you'll see it on their face. Right? They'll know, you'll know when you've, when you've taken it too far, when you have it. Um, but it's, a, it's, an, it's important that coaches do play with that threshold because that's when you see amazing growth in your players, when you start pushing them a little bit, pushing them, pushing them a little bit just to a point where they can see that growth and then you stop and you continue working and so forth. Um, so some ideas, some, some things like, uh, when it comes to pushing and stuff like that is, uh, you know, mentally you can, you know, we do it when it comes to blocking, right? Like blocking and reading is really important. You know, reading back and forth, reading takes a lot of brain power. It's mentally fatiguing and physically fatiguing and stuff like that. So I'll push my, my middle blockers just a little bit and motivate them and know when they can, you know, when they can go. And then I, I'll know when I've hit their, their mental capacity when they, they can't go anymore and then I'll stop. But it's to get them past that threshold. And when they do it, it's great. Players come back to me all the time and say, wow, if you didn't push me that far, I, w- I would have never been able to hit this, this new milestone that I hit. And I'm like, you know, that, that's great. That's what we want to hear. So that's what this conversation is, okay? So if you are a coach listening to this, all right, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, what, what, what's the word here? I don't even know what the word is I'm trying to say, but <laughs> there's a lot of information here. But basically, if you're a coach listening to this, I want you to understand that you know punishment is is when they violate rules, not trying to get better. You're not punishing them, trying to get better. Lying, suicides, running—it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. It can be focused into a good thing, providing it's you know they're refocusing. Okay, encourage, don't criticize. 
Players don't try to lose on purpose. They're not trying to not not get better. And having the ability to push them past their threshold is important. I think it's a must. But you have to understand you can't push them too far. And by having a relationship with your players, you'll be able to determine how far you can push them. And by having them trust you and have that open dialogue, that open communication going back and forth, you'll be able to assess them a lot better. So it all starts with this relationship. It all starts with really knowing your players and taking it from there. And then you're going to see great things. You're going to see great things. So uh, I think I'll finish off with this one thing about, and I kind of mentioned it earlier with, with the emotions. You know, it's really, really important to monitor your emotions. And I know with, with, with it's anything with sport. With sport, you get emotionally invested in sport. That's just the nature of the game. We get emotionally invested. We want our, we want to see the best from our players. We want to see great things. And sometimes that can be frustrating when they don't listen or they don't do something that you expected them to do after you practiced it a bunch of times and stuff like that. But I want you to go back to what I just said before. Players don't try to lose on purpose. There's always an underlying reason. There's always that open, and they need you to encourage them. You can't criticize them. You can't go off on them. Um, I'll tell you a story, and this this changed. This was a huge eye opener for me. But one of my actually, this was my very first year coaching club. My very first year coaching club. We went to our our big championship, our provincial championship, and we got hammered the first game, hammered. And that first set, that first set, I'll remember. We the, the guys came off, and they were demoralized, and I didn't help at all. I was like, and I, I remember I went off, and I was like, what are you guys doing? Look, aren't you guys embarrassed? Like, look what happened. You guys did nothing that we practiced. Da, 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 da. And I went off and I could tell in their faces that helping at all. I was just basically putting out and it was unfortunate. Uh, two, they were getting demotivated. They, they were getting discouraged. And I, I remember overhearing one of the players saying they don't feel like playing anymore. And, and it was, that's a big mistake. And you know, it happens to everybody when it comes everyone has a different mistake when it comes to coaches, but I realized that, you know, I violated all those rules. I, I wasn't encouraging, I was criticizing. And, and more importantly, I was lashing out based on emotions as opposed to saying, guys, it's okay. You know, we had a bad rough set. Let's do it or, or whatever, whatever your talk is, you know, and, and connecting with them and, you know, really, really having meaningful conversation with them. It was, it was my fault. And it was a lesson. So, and I know coaches, I'm sure you've gone through this where, you know, you, you don't see what you've expected to see out of, out of a set and you may go off on your players. It may have, this is, may have happened to you. I, my, my uh, I guess my, my message is just, you know, reflect on it, recognize that this has happened to you. And, or if it hasn't happened to you, recognize it could. And when you're in that moment, don't let your emotions be the result of you criticizing them. Let your emotions let your passion show, but in a positive way where you can tell them, listen, we are better than this. We are this. We are, and then, you know, give your feedback and whatever. All right. So I'm going to end off with that. A little bit of a different episode here for you guys. Kind of like, kind of adding on to, to last week's. And I, I, more so, this is just kind of making you be aware of what it means to be toxic and how you can still be, you can still push your athletes. You can still have a positive effect on them. And this is how you do it. All right. Uh, that's it for this episode. Um, if anyone else, uh, listen, just, I, I always end off with these things, but digital volleyball Academy is currently closed. I know many of you tried to get in, uh, late, unfortunately, uh, but we closed doors a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, I'll be opening doors uh, sometime maybe end of August, beginning September. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if you are interested, just join the waitlist. Go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com, join the waitlist, um, and you'll, uh, you'll get access as soon as we open doors again. And for those who don't know, Digital Volleyball Academy is my signature membership where I get to help coaches all around the world. I get to work with you. I get to mentor you. I get to bring you into my world, show you what we do in our gym. Uh, and really provide you with that that guidance. And you know what I always say, like it's it's the worst thing to go at this sport alone. If you're a first time coach, if you're a coach out there trying to do it, do it on your own, uh, it's going to take you way longer than it can by being part of this program. Uh, and I love seeing the growth that we have inside our coach with our coaches inside DVA. All right, so that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look. Are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.